Diamond Slay the Stars, our friends Zem and Shar made their way back to the Midway Tavern, where they tried to make amends with Juliet, the barmaid, and her family, who were brutally beaten up by Adhara and her minions. However, it seems that Juliet had accepted some sort of deal with either Adhara or other hunters and sold you out. Use smoke signals to relay the information to somebody else that you had made it back to the tavern. You guys were able to suss that out before whoever it is caught up with you and you left. Not before uh, you gave her a platinum piece for her trouble and helped heal her grandfather's broken arm. You traveled for maybe two hours or so north, closer to the garden. Um, you've learned a little bit about that, the book that you stole from Edhara. It apparently needs blood to write and you are communicating with somebody you're not sure what. Shar killed like 19 small creatures uh, for blood that was ultimately not useful. And uh, you guys went to sleep. That night, Zem received a paper bird from her mother, basically telling her that she's not her enemy, but her people are. And you guys are traveling to the garden. Anything that you guys want to be talking about before we fast track there? Um, three things. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, I have to roll my portents for the day. Yes. Second have... is I'm giving her advantage on any the next initiative roll that she has All that right. lasts for as long as until you use it. All right. Um, okay, I rolled a 13 and I rolled a 9. And then um, second thing is I would have told you about the note. I would have shown you the note. Um, probably wouldn't have said much about it because I'm salty. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether or not she's with us. We can't trust anything about Shit, she could even track us with the note, can't she? I don't honestly know. I mean, she... Should we get rid of it? She got me the note, so she knew exactly where I was. Roll me an arcana check, Zem. Is that a crit success or a crit That's fail? a nat 20! All right. Oh my uh, God, we plus should... what? What's your modifier for arcana? Oh yeah, I forgot to look because I was <laughs> I wanted D and D again. I'm proficient, so it's a plus five. So it's like max Arcana. All right. Uh, so yeah, with a twenty five, you would know that paper birds don't work like that. They, it's sort of like a sending message, um, where once you release it to whomever, it automatically knows where it is going and goes to that person, but the sender doesn't necessarily know where that person is. But being a divination professional, you would know that if you have something on your person that she knows about, there are ways that people can. But I mean, that's pretty high level stuff. But if anybody has access to it, your mom might know somebody. So are you keeping the note from uh, from Dahlia? <sighs> Not now that he's seen it. I'll jot about it in my notebook, but I'll toss it in the next fire I see. Okay. Um... Then, so we know that your mom's probably going to try to reach out to you again. Then, right? She can send me as many birds as she wants. No, I mean we send can. Send her a bird. We can. <laughs> <laughs> you just draw that on a note and then have that. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. For anybody who's out of the loop, uh, she's going to draw a middle finger <laughs> and send it Double. back to her mother. Double. Double middle fingers. This is really just like, like travel conversation. But I don't really know much about like where you've been. And I mean, yeah. you've mentioned it in passing, but you're always really quick to stop there. And I didn't want to push you on it. But now that we're going there, I feel like I should be a little prepared. Okay. Um... Oh, boy. Like, um, how did you get there? I I knew someone. Well, I didn't, I didn't know someone, actually. Um, you know that job I had? When I was back in school, I worked at the at, blacksmith. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, he was a pseudo blacksmith, mostly like glass works. Um, yes. But yeah. So one of the people that would be a semi-regular customer was one of the monks from the garden. I didn't know him very well. In fact, I rarely saw him, but I, he was common enough that he'd come get, you know, healing potion bottles and other things that we could make for them and for some reason he gave them a di little bit of a discount and so i assume that he enjoyed making things for them um one of the times he mentioned that they were always looking for students and i don't know why he approached me to be honest but it was far away mm -hmm. and I didn't exactly have many friends around, and I didn't exactly want to be a bard. When you say that, I like kind of my head kind of goes down a little bit. It's uh, it was something that seemed like a viable path, and I might be good at it with the vigor that they approached me with it. And I got there, and it was. Hell. Uh, that's not what I was expecting. It was great to be away, but we trained from sunup to sundown. Okay. I mean, it was brutal. Like, like the training was hard or? Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. The training was difficult, yeah. Or, was... or are you trying to tell me that they, like, hurt you there? Nothing more than that was based on training, I don't think. Okay. Most of everybody there kind of knew what we were getting into. I mean, like, physical training is always going to be pain, but... Um, okay, okay. Uh, so, we have a... Uh, there's a... I'd say maybe 40 students, give or take. We were trained in physicality and practical skills and mental fortitude, perception. Um, there was theory that a couple of them believed that there was mental magic that we could protect ourselves from, but we really didn't have any application for it. Um, It was beautiful there, really. 
It was. And after a while, I just, I couldn't get any further. So like, I left. Your training was complete? Roll me an insight check. Inside check. Let's see how bad charisma is. Pretty fucking bad. <laughs> 13. Okay, eight minus one. <laughs> you ask, was your training complete? But you can already tell, like, he's he's being dodgy again. He doesn't want to say why he left. He still keeps skirting that issue. Okay. Um, but, like, so how... At this point, you've kind of noticed that even with him being in a dress before, he's always had, like, his arm wrapped up. Like, the entire time you've met him since the start of this has not taken the wrappings off that you've seen. Or if he did, he put them immediately back on. So, I mean... Did something, like, did you get injured? I mean, everybody gets a little injured. Uh, oh, no, you mean No, I the... mean big injured. Like. No. Um... Okay, well, we're going anyway. Um, he'll start to unbandage his arm a little bit. And you see two, like, lines around his arm, like, tattooed. Are they like solid lines, like just a straight line? Are they thick? Are they thin? Like, what are they? Um, I'd say like, like, like maybe an inch thick, maybe like in lines. Each so each band is like a, an inch thick, give or take. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this matters, but because I'm visually inclined, I'm going to ask: Are they like equal? Like, is there an equal amount of space between them? Are they close together? There's an equal amount of space between them, and so I'd like say it's inch, maybe inch, like. Inch. So it's like inch and then like maybe a fourth of an inch and then another inch tattoo type deal. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So are they close to, like, where are they on your arm? I'd say they're more towards like the elbow. like. But on your upper. forearm or on your? Yeah. Okay. It's okay. how they denote rank there. The highest a student can get to is three. Okay. So to answer your question, no, I, I, I didn't finish training. Um, did you decide that you went as far as you could go or did someone else decide for you? I left. Okay. You know that... It was a choice presented to me and I took it. You know that, um... And he's going to start, like, packing back and bandaging back up his arm. Yeah. You know that there's literally nothing that you could do that would change my opinion of you, right? You've seen me slaughter people. And no, I didn't do it on purpose, kind of. But I, I know you. Like, I really know you. And I choose to be here with you. I don't care about whatever you're afraid of. 
when we left, we're supposed to leave a symbol just on the grounds. And I didn't because everybody knew that I left. I didn't have to leave one. What are we going to walk into? You're, you're going to be welcome with open arms probably for a short period of time, but we're walking in to try to get information. That does not answer my question. <laughs> Listen, you don't, you don't have to tell me anything. You don't, you don't owe me whatever stories, and that's fine. I, but I need to be prepared for whatever we're going to meet because, like, you're dancing around this right now makes me feel like there's some danger here for us. There's not danger for us. I'm just not going to be welcome back. Okay. These... I'm really not kidding. You have never met warriors like that before. They made Adhara look like chump change. Bottom of the barrel bodyguards. This is as safe as will ever be in a location from any outside threats. But we can't stay for very long. Threats come from different places, and they look different. He's going to, like, kind of look away. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So is there anyone that I should not talk to while we're there? I don't know. I think you can probably be safe to talk to everybody. I don't know if anybody will, any everyone will talk to you, though. I just want you to that know that. That sounds pretentious. <laughs> Sam doesn't do pretension. I, well. I didn't mean it like that. It's going to be because of me. The important people you're going to want to talk to anyway will talk to you. Mm-hmm. You got to trust me. I didn't. I, if I didn't think we had to come back here, I wouldn't have. And you need to trust me that that does not help the situation at all. <laughs> what does that mean? What was that face, Liv? Nothing. I'm just, I had a premonition about them burning down the garden. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> listen, I will behave as long as they do. You just see shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you are. Making your way north, and as you take the final turn to head on the path that goes directly to the garden, Zem, you would notice that there is a trail here. Supply wagons have to come through this way now and again, but it is very minimal. Shar clearly knows his way, and even without any sort of path, he'd be able to get you to where you need to go. But you start to notice that everything here looks pretty natural. Roll me a nature check. Are there, like, <clears throat> so this is garden. Is there, like, flowers and stuff? Oh, yeah. You said nature? Yes. 18. A lot of natural wildlife. Nope, sorry, 19. Yeah. 19. So, to an untrained eye, this would just look like 
a fairly pristine forest. Um, a place almost untouched by human hands. But you, you spent time reaping and such for the, uh, for the academy, collecting flowers and whatever plant life that you need for spells and such. A bird cries in the distance. Yeah. And so you can see... You can see where things have been placed um, to be more pleasing on the eye. Everything here isn't natural, but it's definitely meant to look like beautiful and effortless, right? But things are very vibrant. Somebody's out here watering these plants. Somebody's tending to some of these things here to keep them in this con condition. But honestly, um, nobody else would have noticed this. As you approach Shar, where you would know you're getting into official, like, garden, garden territory, uh, behind you, on the path, back up. Shar, what are you wearing right now? Um, my... What are you wearing, Shar? A watch. <laughs> That's <laughs> all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is well, my new favorite game. Uh, forgot to <laughs> forgot to mention that this is also a nudist colony. You have to go in naked. Fucking uh, god damn it, Leah. Zem has absolutely no problem with this. Shar has a problem with this. <laughs> um, it, it's mostly like the like the monk pants themselves, like that like style, but the shirt was from was the one gifted to the church like it's very it's it's a lot of like loose clothing okay. and then the cloak itself so pretty much like pulled up? yeah okay well actually no no <laughs> i don't because is... it was dark right you said we were approaching at night yeah it is getting then, to evening no time. it would be down okay um so behind you on the path you just hear oh, charlemagne why if I look back, who is it? I'm looking back. You see a tall man, probably close to like six foot two, um, green skin, slightly pointed ears. Just the hint of where like his two lower, uh, two lower teeth stick up over his, his bottom or his top lip. Uh, his hair is cropped short on the sides, longer on the top, and slicked back. He is wearing monk clothes, loose-fitting pants, loose-fitting shirt. You see on his arm, he has quite a few tattoos. Uh, he looks to be maybe like 40 years old. Very attractive, Zem. It's Xander. Hey, Xander. I'm like double taking and looking between you and uh my eyebrows are high he moves with a quickness that is almost impossible for you to track with your eye almost as if he disappears and reappears next to you and his eyes are like a fury and he's looking at you char and he says you have lost your mind char lemaine it's not for me. You are lucky. It was one of mine who saw you. You need to leave. What business could you possibly uh, I, have here? Hi. I'm sorry. And he looks at you for like the first time. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. 
I just, I don't know if you understand the situation. I understand that you're um, in my friend's face. I'm in your friend escort, mm. not returning. This is inappropriate, and you know that. And you know that I went back if it wasn't absolutely necessary. Word has probably already spread. If you leave now, I can tell them that I sent you away. Then can you escort her to the... I'll stay on the outskirts. You know I will. I'm going to look at you, Zem. Just be like, it's going to be okay. Like, not saying it out loud. I am angry with you right now. That's no. fair. No. If I'm bringing her, you're coming too. But I will not protect you. I never asked you to. I just... And he just sort of like walks ahead, sort of like leading the way. I'm going to let him go further and then follow. I would like for both of you to roll me an insight check on that entire moment. What did you roll? <sighs> um, an 11 total. 22. Zem, he looks angry. He looks, he looks pissed and it looks personal. Um, Char, you see all that, but you also see a measure of like serious concern there from knowing this person very well. And when he says he won't protect you, he's lying. You can tell. But he leads the way. And by the time you get to the actual like structure, I don't, that's a weird word to use, but we'll call it a structure that is the garden. Arthur, I would like for you to describe to everybody and to Zamira what she sees on your approach. When we get to the main entrance of the garden, you've noticed that it's gone from super, like the, the trail itself has to go through a lot of dense foliage. And occasionally there's these openings that is just completely void of any kind of wildlife. Not like flowers, but mostly it's just grass and the trail itself, but there's an opening clear to the sky. And then we approach, and then it's just as if the tree line cuts. And you see a lot of like natural rock. Like, you know how like when you use rocks to, to guide, like basically how uh, the Hermes stones used to be in okay. ancient Greece. That's kind of how it is with that. It's not meant to be, it's just meant, hey, this is the road. This is the easiest way to follow. And then you see these really like well-structured infrastructure, but it's really like rough. It's built for practicality as opposed to being beautiful. The beauty of it comes from the vines and all the flowers that are hanging from the, the infrastructure itself. As, so that's kind of how it's built. It's more practical um, a lot of uh, ground. It's not a lot of stone, like stepping stones or anything. It's mostly ground-based. A lot of the infrastructure is just like the walls and the outlines of where buildings maybe were. A couple of buildings where a lot of natural um, flowers, that kind of line, it, it, they suggest paths as opposed to actually like hardcore, like this is the only way you can go. Okay. 
a lot of flowers that you've never seen, flowers and plants that aren't supposed to be here. So a lot of bright reds, purples, yellows, um, even like a few flowers, like kind of hidden and tucked in between the other flowers, like a, like a moonflower, like it only shines in moonlight, that kind of thing hidden within the roses itself. Okay. Okay. As you approach, and I imagine that the two of you are sort of silent. Yeah. At that point, my hood is back up. Okay. Hood back up. Silent. Mm. Not silent. My hood is down and I, (laughs) my back is like ramrod straight and I am angry. Yeah. I knew you would be. (laughs) Uh, but as you approach, you see at the entrance to the large amphitheater that is the garden itself, you see um, a man who you would immediately recognize as the Grand Keeper, Ulrich. And a step behind him and to his left, you see a woman who you knew as Keeper Genevieve. However, Char, you do notice that Genevieve is now sporting nine tattoos on her arm. You see, like, he's not good at hiding his facial expressions because at this point he's grabbed your hand and is, like, squeezing. And then he sees that and he releases a little bit and you can see, like, how is more like what crosses his face. Okay. I'm making a mental list. <laughs> so the man. Because Xander who- had what, six, seven? He would have had the the normal amount that he would have. So probably, yeah, like six. And Um, I just told you that that denotes rank. mm -hmm. Six tattoos for Xander, nine for the girl. Mm -hmm. Um, Ulrich, uh, the Grand Keeper, is about six foot four. He is ripped. You can see like every muscle bulging on his arms, veiny, looks like a bodybuilder. Um, looks to be around maybe 45 years old. He's definitely older than Xander. Uh, he has a military style buzz cut, dark brown hair, bright blue eyes, though. Looks ruffled, not hiding his emotions well. Looks angry. The woman standing next to him, she has elvish features. They're very sharp and aquiline, um, but with a fullness that betrays that she's probably a half elf. There's definitely some human there. Uh, Her ears are not quite as long as full elven ears. She looks to be in her 30s. She has long silvery hair that she's carefully braided down her back. But the the top of her hair is slicked down so not a piece is out of place. Her eyes are the same silver color that matches her hair. And they seem to almost glint even in the the waning light. She's probably about 5 foot 10. Athletic. And as you come up, uh, Xander takes a spot standing on the other side of Ulrich. And you see now when Xander turns around, you can see his face. Um, He's trying to mask any emotion that he has. And Zamira, your insight, not great. He just kind of looks stone-faced. Shahi looks worried to you. You can see it in his eyes. And uh, Ulrich looks at the two of you waiting for you to get out of the the cart. He hasn't said anything yet. I'm going to make sure the horses stop and like if they need a candor for a minute, that's fine. I'm going to get out first and just not speak and make make sure that Zem can get out of the cart. Okay. Just keeping an eye on them the entire time. Okay. The two of you get out. 
uh, step down off the cart, uh, start moving towards them. And Ulrich doesn't say anything to you at first. He turns to Xander and he says, you are excused, Keeper. And Xander hesitates for a minute. Like, he's not sure what he wants to do. He doesn't want to disobey the Grand Keeper. He also doesn't want to, to like, not be here. Uh, but Genevieve, the uh, former Keeper, now Pecot. Pecot? Pecot. 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 That's the word. Uh, she is the Grand Keeper in training. That's what that means. And she steps over towards uh, Xander. And she has this look of understanding on her face. Um, she puts her hand on his shoulder and she says, I know this must be difficult for you, my friend, but we all must obey the Grand Keeper. And Xander just sort of like roughly shakes her hand off his shoulder and he storms away, disappearing back into like sort of the greenery, kind of trying to take a cool off moment. Uh, Genevieve like brings her hand to her mouth and like an, oh, like feigned look of shock. Um, but Char, you catch almost like a like a smirk there for a moment on her face. Uh, Zem, you did not notice this. Ulrich just sort of, he shakes his head. <sighs> Charlemagne Viv Broom, you are not welcome in this place. You accepted your punishment dealt by me, your grand keeper, and yet here you stand. I have not returned for me, sir. And he is not looking at him at all. Like, just feet in front of him. But, no. No? Uh, so you're telling me you came here for her? You, girl. You're Zamira Kaltain, correct? Mm-hmm. You see Shara's just like, oh, fuck. Mm, yeah, don't look shocked. We received word that you're both wanted criminals in Saltspire. When they realized that Charlemagne was a former student at the monastery, they gave us a heads up in case he arrived, and here you are. And he tries to, like, stare you both down for a moment, and then you just see his chest sort of, like, collapse, and he deflates a little bit. <sighs> I don't know what you want, Charlemagne. But I do not want this place dragged into whatever you've gotten yourself into. Sir, I will leave the grounds at your behest if you so choose. But I was just escorting to get her information that only the garden can safely provide. He puts his hand up and he says, we're not going to have this conversation here. And Zamira, something you notice, Shar is keeping his eyes down. He's not noticing what's going on around him. But Zamira, you notice that as other people are, other monks, other people in training, students, whomever, come out, they see what's happening. And even though this is like some interesting gossipy stuff, they all turn their backs immediately and walk away. Uh, I'm sorry. At what point did that happen? When he's during this whole conversation, during this whole moment, as people come and see what's happening, they are just in, like backing up out of nowhere, um, and none of them will even look at Shar. And he says, "No, 
Charlemagne, you will accompany me to my private office where we will discuss what comes next. Zamira, and he looks towards Genevieve, uh, take her to a place where she'll be comfortable. We will discuss after I have my conversation with him. Oh, I'm not going anywhere without without Char. It's going to be okay. I'm not going anywhere without Char. I'm saying it directly to you. Look, you are welcome to turn around and leave. You are not my prisoners and I will not chase you. I will dispatch my messenger to Saltspire, but it will take them days, even moving as quickly as we do. You'll have a head start. But if you require something from this place, you have my terms. Prisoner? Like, why would that even be a thought in anyone's head right now? Zem, they're not giving us up. It's okay. Um, so I would like to activate the sending message on the ring and say, it's absurd to find myself in front of the garden key master with disdain <laughs> um, for the first time just to find that these are the games you play here. Okay. Hold on. Let me put a note here. Wait, you sent it to him? You sent it to the Grand Keeper. No, I sent it to Rafe. Rafe. The ring. I, I actually yeah, the, the ring. I was just like, okay. Yeah. And like when that's over, I'm I'm going to keep saying, but fine. If that's what we have to do, then that's what we have to do. Because I know that that part didn't go. Thank you. So, Zamira, in response... In your head, you hear almost like like a laugh, a jovial tone from Rafe. And he says, why would you ever go to that horrible place? I suppose it is on the way. If you need some assistance, I could send someone. But you'll have to wait for tomorrow to respond to that. Because it only works once. <laughs> um, so... Zem, when you finally agree to the terms, uh, Genevieve walks up to you and she has a smile on her face and she says, come, we'll find a place to sit and we'll talk. I'm going to mean girl look her up and down. She seems totally unfazed by it. And then I'm like, I'll follow her, but I'm just going to be like, I'm like a sweeping gesture with my hand. Like, please lead the way. Okay. So I was going to look at you like, it's going to be okay. And he's going to comb his his uh, uh, fingers through his hair where you keep your little moth mm -hmm. and then walk away. Um, I'm going to wink at you and then turn and follow. And my, my the look on my face, like the wink, I'm not like, I got you. It's like, oh, I'm playing. <laughs> okay. So, Zem, you're taken down. Uh, into sort of the bowl that makes up the, the amphitheater. Eventually you're brought to a room that overlooks the bottom, um, the main training area. This looks like a lounge room, though it's pretty sparsely decorated. There are some benches near a large window that you can look out and kind of see what's happening below. And there are students that you can see that are currently training down there. Uh, there's some plants in here that seem well-maintained, and Genevieve gestures for you to be seated on one of the benches. Sorry, I had the I, I had the thought that um, I'm the fish in an aquarium in this instance, and it threw me. 
It's the opposite. <laughs> well, sort of. Yeah. Bit yeah. of column A, bit of column B. You are you are in the keeper's lounge. Um, so yeah, I'll sit. Okay. And she says, I'm sorry, you must be so confused about what's happening. I'm Genevieve. Uh, most of the people here call me Pecot, um, but you're welcome to call me Ginny. Ginny or Jenny? Ginny. Okay. Right. Uh, so I, I, you know who I am. I'm Zamira. I don't really care what you call me. I'm sorry. You seem really offended right now. I don't um, know or trust anyone in here. Um, knowing that this is where Char was, I had high hopes and we've been met with nothing but hostility since we got here. So yeah, no, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan so far. I'm sorry. I take it Charlemagne hasn't told you um, exactly what happened. No, yet. he hasn't, but it's his business. It, it is. Um, but you you have to understand Ulrich is not a he's not a he's not a feelings person. He's more of like a punch it punch it person. Um, and so Char coming back and sort of going against his wishes has really upset him. That was actually him showing restraint. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that you're the feelings person. I am. And and how how does Char uh, returning make you feel? I mean, look, he broke the rules, and so him being thrown out was fair punishment. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm not angry. He he shouldn't be here though, Zamira. We have we have rules for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um inside check. <laughs> really inside check. Um seventeen. That's good. She is positively giddy that Shar is here. And you can tell. So I mean what are the what's what's the penalty for not sticking to your penalty for breaking the rules? I don't penalty know. Penalty for not following the penalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, I don't know. This has never happened before. Uh it's it's sort of exciting. Exciting. Yes, we're going to set a new precedent here. Whatever Ulrich decides uh will will matter. We we keep track of these things here. Mm-hmm. So what? But please, please don't worry. He's not going to kill Charlemagne or something. The worst thing that happens is the two of you will be put back in your cart and sent on your way. This isn't that kind of a place. Oh, I'm quite confident that nothing is going to happen to Char. I'm, I'm sure that he's not physically going to be harmed while we're here. She just sort of, like eyes narrow. Not sure if you're trying to threaten her or something. Sort of amused by it. I'm going to let her think whatever she wants. And as you're in the middle of this conversation, the door opens and you see Xander step into the room. And he looks at the two of you sitting there. And uh, before he can even say anything, Genevieve stands up and she says, I'm sorry. You 
are not supposed to be here right now, Keeper Xander. I am entertaining our guest. Why don't you be a good little lapdog and bring me some tea? And Xander looks at you and there is like a slight twitch of his mouth. <laughs> Almost imperceptible. He enjoyed that. And he says, this lounge is for keepers, is it not? And she says, Xander, I am ordering you. And he says, <clears throat> no, you are not the grand keeper yet, Genevieve. And you do not give me orders. And she gets this look on her face that is like pure fury. And she looks between the two of you. And she's just. And she walks back out of the room. She just leaves and she slams the door behind her. And Xander walks over to you, Zem. And there are two benches side by side. You're sitting on one. He sits at the other and he just sort of like puts his head in his hands and he's thinking for a moment. And while that is happening, Char, you are led to the Grand Keeper's office where Ulrich works. You head into the room. He motions for nobody to follow and he shuts the door and he just immediately turns on you and says, Charlemagne, what are you thinking? The problem is I'm not the one that needs this information. And if I can keep her safe, then that's what I'm going to do. I didn't, I wouldn't have come back here if I didn't think it absolutely necessary. What do you need to know, Charlemagne? Tell me, tell me what world ending news is bringing you here. Because where I stand, you and this woman are suspected murderers and, and he like stops and he exhales a few times. When you left here, you agreed to never show your face in this place again. What am I going to do with you? Make an example? I can't aid you. Genevieve is... <sighs> what do you need to know, Char? <sighs> Sir, is there any candles in the room? There are, yes. I... was not good enough to be here, and he's going to flick his, like, snap his fingers. The flames... <laughs> Across the board, going to go out. He's going to click him again, back up. We are being hunted, not by a wild hunter, but by somebody with power and means. Means enough that they say that we're going to murder people. We have just been in self-defense. We've we need information, and I can't tell you where we're going yet because I know that you have a duty to what you believe in. But she needs as much information as she can feasibly get and you are the only person that will have it. I didn't even realize that you had named a Picot. Charlemagne, things are difficult right now. And you coming here is another complication that I do not need. I never harbored any ill will towards you. That is why I gave you the choice to leave. But if information is all that it will take to get you out of here, then fine. 
I will do that. And he just, he stops for a moment. And he just, he collects himself. He's trying to keep himself under control. What, just give me an idea of what type of information you are trying to get. We need to know who's hunting people with divine magic. You are sadly mistaken, Charlemagne, because I know nothing of divine magic. This is not one of those places. We are not a magic school. I would think you would know that. Why do you think I mean? I know this is not a magic school. If it was a magic school we needed, we would have gone there. We can't trust anybody there. And it seems you have already picked up a few tricks as he gestures to the candles. You seem to know more about magic than I do. Sir, you are... You have been through circumstances and situations and met people that I will never, ever get the chance to. You will know more than I will ever in my lifetime. I will speak to some of the others here who maintain the books to get any information that we can, and we will have a meeting tomorrow at dawn. Zamira can stay here as a guest under my protection for one night, but you will stay outside of the grounds. Thank you. And he stands up, walks towards the door, opens it. He looks out into the hall and he says, Lavenza, where is Genevieve and the guest? Lavenza uh, turns and looks and says, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Grandkeeper. I, I saw the Pacat walking towards her own quarters, but there was no one with her. She was leaving the Keeper's viewing room, if that helps. And you hear Ulrich under his breath, and he just, he sounds so strained and just over it. And he's like, why does no one obey a single thing that I say? And he looks at you and he says, come, keep your head down, speak to no one. Before they get there, I would like a few words with... Oh, no, that is happening. Okay. So, uh, flashing back to Zem and Xander. Xander uh, looks over towards you, Zem, and says, Why did the two of you come here? I'm, I'm just gonna, like... Like, I look at him, and then I'm, I... I shake my head kind of incredulously and like look out at the training grounds and I'm trying to determine if I want to pop off or if I want to just ignore him um and then I'm gonna look back at him and is he looking at me or what is he doing he is looking at you but the moment you make eye contact he looks away from you and looks back out the window <laughs> don't don't you dare I don't what? I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. <laughs> don't sit there with your head in your hands and look all look all sad and sappy like you're the one suffering. I I don't know what you know about me, Zamira. But if there is anybody here that the two of you can trust, it is me. And I need you to be honest with me. Why are you here? Did you really kill multiple people? What could you possibly hope to accomplish in this place? 
I don't know you. And Char might trust you. But I don't owe you a goddamn thing. And I don't owe you explanations. We're here because Char seemed to think, despite whatever the fuck is going on, because I still don't understand. And I like gesture to him is in his entirety like this. But he seems to think we're going to find answers here. We are quite literally fighting for our lives for some reason that we don't even know. Zamira, you gesture with your hand sort of like this. What hand are you wearing the ring from Rafe on? My right hand. Okay. So he looks at your hand as you lift it up. And he says, oh, I saw that um, the Char was wearing a ring earlier. I'm very happy for both of you. Why don't you wear one as well? I don't know what... Oh. Um, no, I have a ring. Um... I will be honest with you, Zamira. I don't know how much... And as he goes to finish that sentence, the door opens and he stands up immediately. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you get caught doing something you're not supposed to and he stands and turns and the Grand Keeper and Char walk into the room. And Ulrich says, All right, I have spoken with Charlemagne. Zamira, you are welcome to stay here as our guest for the night. Charlemagne will stay outside of the grounds, and tomorrow morning we will have a meeting to discuss the information that you need, and the two of you will leave. Thank you, sir. Uh, and I just, like, look at you incredulously, like, you're so, like, you were so quick to agree, and I'm like, and I just, like, I look at all three of you, realize I'm not going to get anywhere, and I'm like, whatever. And I turn around and I start walking. And I don't know where the <laughs> fuck I'm going, but I just start walking. <laughs> uh, the Shar, you notice some looks between the Grand Keeper and Xander. Um, She's had a, a rough day. The the Grand Keeper is sort of like, haven't haven't we all? Charlene, feel free to make yourself comfortable outside of our walls. Our guards do patrol, so you should be safe, but you should also know that things have been seen in the woods, so be on your guard. What kind of things? Strange animals blighted. I imagine you've noticed this yourself if you've spent any time traveling. Yeah. Uh, have they been rotting? Yes. Yes, they have. Sir, there's a lot more out there than you think. No, I know. There's a lot more that I could tell you tomorrow. Um, you just give her any information that she needs to know. I don't need to know. She's smart enough to figure it out. 
You will both be at the meeting. I will answer all of your questions once, and I will be done with this. And he looks over towards Xander, and he says, If you're going to stick your nose into this, at least be useful. Go catch Zamira, take her to one of the guest rooms. And Xander just takes the order in stride and does not make eye contact with Yashar, walks out of the room, and runs after Zamira. He just kind of, Shar just kind of looks down. Uh, I'll take my leave, sir. Thank you. Speak to no one. And he just walks out. All right. Uh, Zamira, Xander will eventually catch up with you and just say, would you just calm down? No, nobody, nobody's trying to hurt you. Nobody's trying to hurt Charlemagne. We just need to get through this so the two of you can leave tomorrow. And I'm going to like stop in my tracks, whip around and I'm, I'm <laughs> Oh no. Um so do they just train you to blindly obey here? To not have a thought in your head, to have no will of your own? Does it honestly seem to you like that is the case? Yes. Then you are not as perceptive as you think you are. Well, you know, that's all that you've shown. There's like a pained, annoyed expression on his face. He's like, just come with me. I will take you to where you can stay for the night. Well, lead the way. And he does. He leads you to a room. It's sparse, comfortable. There's like a bed, a stand, and a candle in the room. And he says, you can stay in here. Um, I'll have food brought to you. Sure doesn't look anything like a prison. It's it's not a prison. And he just, he doesn't even know what to say to you anymore. Just turns around and goes to walk out of the room. So when the doors close, I'm going to yell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is honestly going about how I thought it was going to. <laughs> uh, so, sure. Um... <laughs> No, I was just going to say, so Shar, you um, walk back out and you notice that as you're passing, all of the monks in the hallways outside, they turn their backs to you. None of them will make eye contact with you. None of them greet you or speak to you. Um, where are you going to sleep for the night? How are you preparing for this evening? Uh, first things first, I'm going to go check on Horatio, our horse, and make sure that he is okay. I think it was a... Yes. Anyway, because I named him Horatio before finding out what <laughs> some manner of woman, and we just kind of kept it. Yep. Um, so I'm going to check on the horse and make sure that's stable. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, um, the horse is currently being tended by a student with only one tattoo. Um, they sent somebody out to feed and water your horse and make sure it didn't run off while you all were having your business. Um, um, I'm going to go. You said he had one tattoo. Yes. I'm going to go to the cart, nudge him just, Oh, sorry. And drop a gold coin, grab my katana and walk towards the woods. You see him look down, see the gold coin. He does not pick it up. And he walks back towards the garden. 
you go to the woods. Um, you find a place to make a camp for the night. And that is, I think, where we're going to cut this episode. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening to episode 16. We hope you had a good time. This is Leah coming in to do the outro this week because unfortunately, Arthur is still recovering from that last fireball he suffered. And AI Arthur was tragically destroyed in the blast. I also have something pretty exciting to share with you this week. We're pretty active on Twitter. We've made a lot of good friends. One of those friends is another actual play podcast called Rolling for What Now? That's at Rolling for What Now, at Rolling number four, What Now on Twitter. They are super supportive of everybody in the community. They're active. They listen to other people's work. They comment. They promote. They're just the sweetest people. On top of that, they're super funny. Their podcast is a great time. It is rated a little more mature than our own. So, you know, earmuffs for people who uh, that is not their thing. But we're going to be running a promo for them this week because we believe in them. We appreciate them. We thank them for all the love they've shown us. And uh, without further ado, here it comes. Thanks, everyone. Ruling for What Now is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play mature rated podcast. Just gonna let out one more. Not, not her, me. <laughs> oh, I'm doing this. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Jesus. Why is everything so sexually charged? I just asked what the fucking else is on fire. You guys what do you got over there? No. Oh. This be the dreadful pirate brass. I believe there is quite severity on his head. Dead or alive. Check us out at rollingforwhatnow.com. Intro theme by Longshot Odds. Our awesome intro music is brought to you by the one and only Isaac Viers. Character designs by the lovely Cam Gonzalez. Produced by our very own Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer, the one, the only, the me, Jen Kearney. And last but not least, our audio engineer, Arthur Bellino. Thanks for listening.